You are now, now tuned into Progressive Action Radio, the most objective show in America. Hosted by Tramel Thompson, co-hosted by Jamel Wilson, and DJ Damage is on the wheels of steel. You will never know what to expect when thoughts and wisdom unite. People, get ready. ready, ready. Progressive Action is now live. What's going on, cuz? What's going on? I'm chilling. What's going on? You know, a lot of stuff is happening. No, okay. Good e- e- it's normal. Yeah, that's right. I, first, I want to say good evening to everybody out there, all the listeners, all the live listeners, all the listeners on SoundCloud, iTunes. What's going on out there, cuz? What's on the barometer this week? I mean, it's a lot, man. Even if we don't have nothing to talk about, something always pop off on a Thursday. I know, right? For us to have something to talk about, you know what I'm saying? You know what I noticed though? It's always it's always something that jumps off for us to talk about. Yeah, we never will run out of things. We can have a show every day if we really want to. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. And everybody, we got our uh, our our third host, Miss Chanel Nicole, in the house building with us. Evening. How she get this position? Don't worry uh, about how I got this position. <laughs> Don't leave that to for, for grown people to imagine. <laughs> There you go again. <laughs> you trying to carry on from last show, cuz. No, 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 no. We buried that. We buried that. <laughs> but, um, you know, one of the things I want to touch on is the boot reimbursement. Okay. You know, for um, RTO and stations. I think the, the, the reimbursement is $67 for, um, what is it, for, uh, what's the name of those things again? Replacement boots or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Alter- alternative footwear. Okay. Now, the grievance was put in originally by Joe Costales. You know what I mean? And um, I don't know what happened with the grievance, but some, th- some stuff was going on and some controversy with it. But shout out to Joe Constalis for initiating the grievance. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and, and getting it started. Of course. He's, I see he's still putting in that work, even though he didn't, uh, you know, you know, he didn't get back to position in the, in, the, in the union, you know. Yeah, it's all good. He started the grievance. Exactly. And, you know, other people was trying to take credit. Really? Uh, uh, yeah, that's what I heard. Wow. But, you know, we don't care about that. I only care about the initiating of the grievance because they could do the same thing with my no lunch grievance. They try to take credit of my shit, too. You know what? What happened to your grievance, man? The same thing they did with Joe Costales' grievance. They put it on the back burner, trying to wait for a while so they could take credit for it. Damn, so we'll be there retired by the time that grievance <laughs> comes through, huh? Exactly. Okay, wow. Um, another thing I want to speak about is the union suing the MTA. Oh, my goodness. For um, advertisements. Yeah. Now, this is a simple fix. The union offered the MTA $180,000 for these advertisements, right? John Samuelson, listen clearly because I know you listen to these shows. Tell your elected reps that get paid $100,000 apiece, your VPs, $100,000 apiece, tell them to get their people and go on these subways, go go to these bus stops and hand out pamphlets and leaflets and have one on one interaction with the public. Instead of this indirect, um, you know, uh, advertisement on subway walls. Nobody don't care about the advertisement on subway walls. When people are on the subway, they only thinking about getting from point A to point B. You can interact with people while they're standing on the platform, engage with them. How do you expect us to have a relationship with the public if you're doing everything to avoid them? And then basically, in a nutshell, you could save that $180,000. For something else, you could put it back in the slush fund. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Shout out to Harry. 
Another thing I want to talk about is they keep attacking us on this is the cope money, right? Now, this is the problem with, with cope. The union keeps saying that, you know, we got y'all the veterans buyback program. We got the cleaners assault bill. What they are not telling is that the cleaners assault bill also included paramedics, <laughs> registered nurses, mm-hmm. LPNs, um, crossing guards, traffic enforcement agents, and a whole bunch of other people. This wasn't a sole fight for cleaners and MTA. So don't act like, yeah, we, we led the way. We put the coke money to, um, to the politicians so they could fight for this bill. I'm quite sure they did it on the strength of everybody else also. So our coke, whether we put the coke money or not, nobody ain't going to say, well, they ain't put the coke money in there. We not going to include them. It was for everybody. So stop trying to blind the, the membership. The Veterans Buyback Program, the NYPD led that charge. Because it, it, it basically applies to them more than anything because they could, they could retire way earlier than us now. My classmate in my school, she's 35, and she could retire in eight years. She just got to pay back $9,000. And how many years has she been on the job already so far? She, she, she probably only got eight years. Wow. Or something like that. The rest is military time. Right. And she could buy it back, just pay $8,000. $8,000. She buy it back. But Local 100 did not lead that charge. So once again, where's our COPE money going? Y'all saying that, oh, this is what progressive action is saying. If you can't show us definitive financial statements of where our COPE money is going, we taking back our money. Now, if you show us, it's nothing for us. There's nothing legislative that say they acting like we got to go through Cuomo to re- reinstate <laughs> our coat money. You know what I mean? Right. They no. acting like the process is so crazy. The process is crazy. No, it's not. But I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. Okay. It's laziness. Because when do they get, when do we sign up for coat? When you, what you call it, when you, um, on your induction date. All right. It's easy for them to catch us. Of course. Because you got to, because on union day. Exactly. Right. Now. If they want to catch the tenured people who's out in the field, they got to come to the field, a place that they don't really come to. Let me tell you what they do. They don't, when they, all they do is throw them down, they would just throw all the Coke cards and, 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 and flyers and stuff in the union office, in the depots, and that's it. Leave it there, exactly. and whoever signs up for it will sign up for it. Yeah. So that's not even, so it's just dropping the stuff off. Now, to see a lot of stuff happen, the mass contract, the mass um, membership meeting yeah, in January. Right. Now it's January 7th. Jan- everything. January 7th now. A week before the contract is due. Mm-hmm. But that's a horrible day because in buses, that's like during January 8th, we ch- start our new pick. Right. So it's hard to even get that Saturday off to do a change of assignment or something because the schedules are changing. But the, that's the whole thing. They don't want nobody there. Exactly. They don't want nobody there. Right. They definitely don't want progressive action there. They're going to have extra security for what I'm hearing. Because they thinking that we go rush the stage. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm dead you know, serious. I stay with my Nikes on. I'm dead though. serious. You know what I'm saying? But and, another, you know, and another thing is, they've always had that mass membership meeting in December. What the hell is this having this shit before, a week before the contract expiration date? But, but you wanna, let me tell you what. It's not even about the date. It's about them black people being excited. We going to the garden. Because a lot of people don't go to the garden. 
a lot of them never been to the garden. Right. First of all, you ain't gonna be in the garden. You gonna be in the theater, <laughs> in the theater. at Madison Square Garden. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're not gonna see none of the Knicks players walking around. No mellow. <laughs> right, exactly. Wow. Shoot shooting hoops. <laughs> While we having our, our mass membership meeting. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's that's gonna be shit in Giggles part two. Exactly, right. Because see the Javits Center where they always used to have it is no fun. Exactly. <laughs> they, right. But they trying to sell and it's hard to get to. This this is oh, the, tell me about it. But but no with the seven train there, no, no, it's the, easier. Yeah, it's easier now. Now what was what's funny what's funny about that is this. The theater at Madison Square Garden holds fifty six hundred people. The maximum, the least is twenty five. It's between twenty five hundred and fifty six hundred people. The theater at Madison Square Garden, but the mass membership, the contract rally, and the cold, they had seven thousand plus. So where they go put these extra fourteen hundred people? And more people will come out because it's week, warm, right? It's warm and on the weekend. and on the weekend, right? So did y'all have seven thousand? Members at the um, contract rally, or y'all had 700? I need y'all to explain that, because I heard it was only really like 1,500 people there. Yeah, that's what I, I mean, that's what I saw. I didn't see no 7,000 people. Yeah, and another thing I want to tell the people is this. I'm a tier six worker. Us tier six workers have a, a unique fight from tier four and all the other ones that fell up under that. In tier six, we going to have to work longer. Yes, we ain't going to be able to retire at 55. So by them having 25, 55, yeah, we retain 25, 55. It don't matter. It, it, we, got, we not go get the money that y'all get when it's time for us to retire. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So tier six workers, we have to see the money up front. Give us the opportunity to save it on our own. Say, say that y'all gave us the money. Because on the back end, we not go get it. We not go get it. Yeah, that was definitely a raw deal that Governor Cuomo gave to tier six people. You know, um, basically... What's gonna happen is um, tier tier six will tier six's fifth anniversary will be in a few months in the spring. So basically, you're talking let's say the first tier six people would be eligible to retire 20 years, a little over 20 years from now. Yeah. So basically, even 20 years from now, if your base salary is let's say an arbitrary number, eighty thousand dollars, or give them give them an hourly rate, give them an hourly rate. But what it is, I, I make 31 now. 20 years from now, it'll be 51. It'll be 51. Because we basically get like a little bit, a dollar or under a year. Uh, yeah, exactly. So let's just say that's what it is. You do the math. $15,000 over that is pensionable. And then, you know, and then, you, but basically your pension is gonna is not going to be much. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to probably be under $50,000. Exactly. It could possibly be. Which is worse because basically you have people in tier four going out now that's going to be doing better than what tier six people are exactly. going to be later, doing yeah. later on 20, 20 years later. years from now. It's crazy. Which is crazy. <laughs> Look at that. That's crazy. Look at that. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I say tier six members need to become professional investors to be sure because the overtime will be there. So take the, S, take the excess money that you make and invest it, you know. There's no such thing as excess money when you become a refugee. Yeah, we don't have excess money. Yeah, because I can imagine what you know the cost of living now to live in New York City in 2016 going in this going nobody into, gonna be nobody living. gonna be living here. Nobody. Reti- retired working and the working class is not gonna be able to survive here in New York and me 20 and, years from now. Me and Harry Wills, we was having a good conversation about um the tier six thing. And no tier six isn't gonna change. Why? Because the governor is the one who put it there. If any one of his people decide to write a, 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 um, to alter that law, 
what he gonna do? He gonna take away their money for the for whoever they whoever they represent. Right. For he whatever go, he, they constitute. Oh, you wanna or oh, you wanna do this? We gonna take away your money. Mm-hmm. Who gonna wanna lose their money? Nobody ain't gonna stand up for tier six and say, Cuomo, you wrong, except um what's our boy name? Um Charles Barron. Charles Barron, yeah. <laughs> right. Charles Barron is the only one. Exactly. He's the only one repping progressive action, y'all. So so Local one hundred so Local one hundred is a crock of shit when they say we go use the coat money to do what? Find one sent um congressman that's gonna stand up to Cuomo and say Tier Six is wrong. We and, need to change it. And Charlie Rangel and Congressman Rangel's retiring, so Yeah. And who's taking his place? Um lot, right? Is it? Esp- I believe so, yeah. Or somebody Congressman, somebody. I forgot that that day I'm supposed to know that. I forgot. <laughs> well, you know? whatever. Tier six is, is a is a lost cause, and and local one hundred isn't gonna be able to do it by themselves anyway. They should think about linking up with other people, other agencies that have tier six, and fighting together. We can't even fight to get a, a, a look at our contract demands. You think I trust Samuelson to go anywhere and talk to any politician and say we need to change tier six? He probably go say give him twelve percent because he don't know what he's fighting for. Right. I tell you something. You know, it's scary. You know, this is this could very well be the contract of our lives here. No, it is. And, it is. And I say that because, you know, with President-elect Trump getting elected into office and his ca- every day I hear about the people in his cabinet and I just shake my head because you're talking about a blood-red country politically. You know, when I heard him mention um, that one of his pick for labor secretary was Governor Scott Walker from Wisconsin, I said, oh, boy. Unions are in major trouble because if people don't know Governor Scott Walker out in uh, Wisconsin, this is the man that basically killed the right for unions to collect to bargain collectively. Now, it's one thing for if that Friedrichs case would have got um, passed and it would have killed the agency shop fee so a union could still survive if they have members that are, you know, about it as far as paying their dues. But when you take away the collective bargaining rights, all bets are off. Then you can't you can't negotiate no contracts. You can't you can't do nothing. Yeah, and legally. Then, and then Trump just um, what's that? Ben Carson. Ben Carson. Yeah, he, Ben Carson accepted uh, uh, the order of Urban um, Planet HUD. Housing, Urban Development. Oh the word my. urban. Oh you think, okay, let's put a black man in that position. Yeah, and he felt for it. Yeah, but <laughs> he's worse than Trump though. Mm-hmm. That dude is crazy. Why, why do you even put him in charge of like something medical? Is isn't he a brain surgeon or yes. something crazy? Heart he, surgeon? He's a neurosurgeon. Trump real, said, "Real smart. We right? got our token black, our token black nigga." <laughs> 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 That's all it was. Yeah, yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. But let's get into our guest, cause yeah. So basically, we're gonna get into. Oh, well, you don't want to talk about the um, you know, the bulletin that was put up in RTO? Nah, cause it's not official. I don't want to send a. a, a a panic attack, but yes. I heard it's a it's a Trump superintendent over there at Stillwell acting crazy. This is the second time this year. Remember they put up the um people incident reports. People incident reports. Yeah, that was another superintendent. And now they they started off with a bang. They ended off with a bang. Wow. Shout out to the managers at Stillwell. Oh my goodness. So what the, you know like what do they think this is, man? They just steamrolled over pe- the members in Stillwell. What's what's going on? No, what they think that honestly, they think that we um indentured servants. They think we slaves. Okay. You know what I'm saying? They think we slaves to the system, and and they rule by hand over fist. Mm-hmm. I can I, I can imagine 
what goes on in a in a household. But I believe some of these superintendents do the things that they do because of the complexion of the um, membership. Yeah. You know definitely, what I mean? It, it's the complexion of the membership at the end of the day. You would not do that. I can't see. Um, who Who's the police commissioner now? Police commissioner. What's his name? James. Brad. No, no, not no, Brad. No, no, Brad. Oh. no, no, Bratton stepped retired. Whoever. Huh? O'Neill. O'Neill. James O'Neill. Now, yeah. I can't see him going into a police station and snatching out cops' phones. It just don't make no sense. Of course not. But I could see, I could see them doing it. At, at MTA for the obvious reasons. And that's all it is. It's, it's, it, to me, this is America. It's about money and race. You know what I'm saying? Money, depending on what class you're in, they don't care about what color you are. But they, they see your color of your skin before they see your class at the very end of the day. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And people just don't want to admit to it. But introduce yeah, our guests, so guys. All right, so definitely tonight to progressive action <clears throat> for the first time, we have our guests from MTA Bus. I want everybody from MTA Bus, OA, and TA Service to stand up because this is going to be a bus night, but definitely MTA Bus. We have Mr. Henry Proman to Progressive Action. Thank you. All right, how you feeling tonight? Um, I feel a bit nervous, but um, these, these are the things that uh, have to get out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, membership needs to know exactly why things are w the way they are and how they continue and uh, a lot of it involves um, a lot of it involves um, the, the definition of embezzlement and to blame workers for all the problems especially when they come up with attendance it's all by design it's not accidental it's not chaos it's not management not knowing what they're doing they're doing it for a reason because they've already thought not just several moves ahead but if they're at one chess table they're two, you know, they're two tables ahead of us, and they want this to happen because all they got is time. They know the MTA is going to be there. They don't know if we'll be there, and if they have their way, they'll fire as many of us as they can. I mean, it's designed that way. It's yeah, not an accident. I, I truly believe in that. Yeah, definitely. That's, um, you know, it's like a revolving door, more, more, more of a revolving door now than ever. Absolutely. Know? That's I mean, correct. it's it's in fact that they rely on that revolving door for more and more money, and like any government agency, anybody that has, um, I think I lost my finger. See if you could. Yeah, guy, you good? I'm good. I'm sorry about that. Wait, hold on. It's not. It's still not on. Fix his mic. Technical difficulty, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I said. Uh, <clears throat> Okay, I'm back. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, I'm back. They said that a couple of years ago when I was in coma. They thought I was gone, but I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't find a way to kill me yet. <laughs> so, um, um, I, I mean, they rely on that money with a revolving door. Um, example given, just a quick one off the top of the head. Um, MTA gets grant money for every time they hire somebody off of public assistance. They waive that exam fee. They get grant money for that. And then when they put you in training, okay, these people need this job. They want this job, okay? And they're willing to do what they need to to get it. They get put in a training program with buses seven to ten days to be in the worst traffic environment in this country and perhaps anything in the you know, Western world, New York, and these large vehicles. And... They get, the MTA gets grant money 
for getting people to work off of public, assist, public assistance. And then they know that they can keep getting that money the more people they hire off of public assistance. They rely on that revolving door. So, so, so <laughs> this is news to me. So this is more of a business for them of keeping the rotation going because the more people they hire off of public assistance, the that, more grant money they got coming that's in. That's correct. So basically it pays the MTA. To fire you. To fire somebody off of public assistance that was hired by public assistance. I mean, if you look at MTA bus, they call it an exam. It's not an exam. It's a subjective survey. It's the bus mm -hmm. operator selection survey. It's not an exam. They don't care who got hired uh, and how high their score is. They go ahead and select people. I mean, even the answers, it's very similar to common courts, a subjective answer exam. You can look at a question, have four answers, A, B, C, and D, and tell you the truth, all of them would be right, but which one's the best answer? And it's subject to the person who's looking at that. Mm. And what do they do? They, don't, they select people that they figure they can do. And that's one of those things where, oh, we don't base it on race, creed, or color, uh, and so on, which is, which is pursuant to the Civil Rights Act. But they go ahead and they don't mention class. They don't mention that, oh, well, we'll look at who we're going to hire if uh, what the, you know, where they're coming from. They don't want anybody with experience. We all, I mean, anybody that's on the bus operation side, they don't want somebody who's been a bus operator for many years. In fact, they try to find and wash those people out because exactly. they consider them with bad habits. So if you have 10, 15 years in a bus and you know the vehicle, all you got to do is get used to conforming to the authority's rules. They don't want you. Yeah. They want to mold you. And how are you going to go ahead and train somebody in seven to 10 days to be molded um, into this field that get, it's difficult for anybody? Yeah. You know? Our boy Joe just walked in the building. Yeah, Mr. Joe Campbell just walked in the building. <laughs> Welcome back, Joe. For, for about the 67th time. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I, f I feel like uh, Alec Baldwin on Saturday Night Live. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, and then once you, if you do make it, that's another thing. They have a habit of extending probations, which they shouldn't be able to do on the TA side, definitely. Yeah. That's a civil service thing. There's legislation attached to all of that. Those rules, words, rules, Regulations, they all mean things, and the MTA thinks that they, it doesn't apply to them. And they take advantage of that. I, I mean, anybody would take advantage of things, but it's gone to the point where it, I mean, it's truly disgusting what this agency does to its employees. I mean, the public has this negative adverse view of unions, and I don't think they realize, especially if you look at the commenters, the people that make comments to um, uh, news stories online, and it's like, oh, union workers, lazy union workers. It's like, you want to go and sit in that seat? You want to go ahead and, you want to go ahead and push that brake handle? You want to have that, you want to have that dead man's handle down all day? You want to stick your head out of a train car? You want to do that? Go and do it. Tell me how hard this is, or how easy it is, and how lazy we are. And they don't realize that there's a reason we need a union, and especially in the MTA, because it gets to the point where you're absolutely right. There is a plantation justice system. Absolutely. And the minute you step out of line, they look for a way to stop you from doing better. You know, we'll cap your overtime. I mean, this is the only agency I've ever heard of, or even employer, that if you work, let's say your day off, you work, and you've done that work. You didn't, you know, 
ask for something you didn't, you know, earn. And then you find out that, oh, look at this, they shorted me. Well, why are they short me? Oh, you weren't supposed to work uh, four RDOs in a row. Okay, that's all well and good. I guess I won't do that again. <laughs> um, but, but how come you didn't pay me for it? Oh, well, I had to stop that payment. It's usually, which uh, I mentioned the post on Facebook, it's, usually, it's not a boss that's saying this. You're usually talking to an administrative assistant, someone who is a frontline employee, non-repped, who's telling you, oh, I had to stop that because they're the one who's, you know, putting in those numbers, yeah. putting in into, into UTS, and they're saying, I couldn't pay you for that. Okay, well, all right, since you had the power to not pay me uh, for the work I did, um, well, I guess I'll take Tuesday off. I'll take Wednesday off. Yeah, I'll take Monday, something. Oh, no, 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 you can't do that. We need to make services, reason of them. Well, wait a minute. How are we going to resolve this? Are you, are you or are you not going to pay me? Well, we have to uh, deduct that. and I mean, they come up with excuses. I mean, this is a personal experience I had. I put in, now this is where it gets funny. They talk about safety as the excuse for that RDO situation. I, I hear that same thing occurs in other departments. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I did a bunch of, before, before I became ill and uh, ended up having to retire, disabled. I worked a lot of my RDOs on Long Island, with a Long Island Railroad shuttle. Who wants to take a 45-foot MCI into Manhattan when you can drive down out in Long Island with no traffic? You know, everybody gets on the bus, you don't touch the fare box, get on. You're driving from one train station to another, they get off, you know? Well, you know, getting directions is another story. <laughs> um, but I come back to work and I find out they're not paying me for it those days. And it's like, well, how is it a safety issue? I put in a personal day for the Friday prior to the Saturday and Sunday I worked. So even though I did get paid eight hours for that personal day, I didn't operate in a safety sensitive capacity in any way. Why am I prohibited from being paid for that fourth day? That's correct. So what happens with your money? <clears throat> well, that's where it gets fun. So, of course, I get told that they can't pay me for this because what it comes down to, it's a budgetary thing. Somebody got screamed at up the line. The uh, chief transportation officer probably said, what is this? I'm seeing four uh, RDOs uh, worked here. What is going on? We just put this memo out. So he screams at the general manager of Bronx Division, in my case, who in turn turns around and says, what is this? Get the guy in Yonkers on the phone. What's this all about? Oh, it was a mistake. We're correcting it. Well, why are we correcting something where there's no safety-sensitive issue? So it turns out it's like, listen, what we're going to do is we're going to take back that personal day and give you a change of tour. So they're going to take away eight hours pay. They're going to pay me straight time for the fourth RDO. Y'all don't get time and a half when y'all do overtime? No, no, we do. Okay. But that, that's how they resolved it, that, to answer your question. That's how they resolved it. Because somebody didn't feel like getting screamed at. But they claim it's a safety issue for too many hours worked. Unbelievable. But, but yet they're talking about how they need to make service. Oh, yeah. They scream about making service. And they do so many things that are, and I, and I don't mean, I'm, I'm not being figurative or, or, or um, making this up. They do a lot of illegal stuff to make service in the name of making service. I've taken buses, I've, you know, years ago, when I was younger, you know, I, was, I was new, and me being a bus enthusiast, I've taken buses out without seatbelts, taken buses out without horns. 
I've driven a bus missing a right side mirror as a favor. Back to the garage. No right side mirror on a 45-foot MCI with three axles. With blind spots the size of a Volkswagen bug. You and didn't feel you had the option to say no? Listen, I did, somebody asked me to do a favor. I figure I'm being a nice guy because I look at it on a personal level. People I've known for a you know, long time. That's how this administration got elected, based on favors. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I agree 100% on that. I mean, I, I met Mr. Campbell uh, now it'd be four years ago uh, at LaGuardia. And um, we, the writing was on the wall, and he's pointing at, pointing at us, telling, not, not at us, but I'm saying pointing at the problem that, look, look, something's wrong here. And unfortunately, not enough people uh, listened. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, uh, and, and unfortunately, a lot of people still don't listen. There is plenty wrong here. No matter what your political affiliation is, you can't say that everything is fine and dandy, what's being done in our union with our administration and the lack of action on actionable items. You can't say this, everything's fine. I can't see anyone who would be able to definitively and prove it, say that everything's fine. It's not. No, it's not. If we keep going this way, nobody's going to be fine. Very correct. Yeah. And I wish there were more people. I wish there were more of the average member that would really step up and see that, you know, you know besides the following and active people that we have in progressive action. Yeah, no. yes. I, 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 I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's interesting that it, you, have a, you have people who have took it upon themselves that is yelling fire, <laughs> and nobody's listened, so they're going to make sure. And that's, that's what you've done. That's what drew my attention to you. Right. Now what, I wanna, now, what I want you to talk about for MTA bus people is, right, is the new arbitration award that was handed down and the, and the award on the pension. Yeah, the so-called victory. So-called victory, right. How does, well, how does, how would it, um, were there any gains from that that you've, you know, do you feel that there were any gains from that arbitration award? Mm, no. no I, I guess I can, I'll explain. You can't, firstly, when you're in contract negotiations, I've never negotiated a contract in my life, and I have a feeling that... Well, neither has Sam was That's, my, that's where I was going. Thank you. Know. You finished my sentence for yeah, me. Yeah, so that, you know. So, I, have, I was going to say, I have something in common. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I guess I could turn around and say uh, I, I could be the president. I could raise my hand. I could be the president. Mm-hmm. I got as much experience. <laughs> um, what, what I noticed was that his administration, and, of course, being the leader, you have to take the responsibility, you know. You know, great power comes great responsibility. I know it sounds corny and cheesy, but that's a fact. So he's going to have to eat this. Um, When you disjoint a part of the negotiations, being that pension, from something that could, that was, mind you, we don't have a contract in MTA bus. The only contract in MTA bus are the existing expired contracts from the private companies. The only thing we have are memorandums of understanding. Handshakes that have written down on paper, <laughs> and a couple, and and some awards. Yeah, <laughs> that's that is a fact. That's a, okay. 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 Uh, I want everybody to know that too. A quick <laughs> example: mm-hmm. I'm out of Yonkers Depot. We were the first taken over in January of 2005. Uh, though it seems funny, when I pick my work assignment, I pick a bus. I get to wear a polo shirt in the summer. Okay. Oh, that's great. It's like, what do you mean you pick a bus? Yeah. 
I pick a run, and in my seniority, I look up, and it's like, I want this bus. I want my bus used to be 3355. That's my bus. And I get that bus, unless it's in the shop or there's some type of extraordinary demand of service. That's my bus. I drive the same bus every day. I drove the same bus for almost three years. Okay? Well, that's great. Yeah, I know it's going to be clean. That's wonderful. I also, picking a swing run, I don't get paid for my swing until after four hours. I get Zippo, zero, except for a 20-minute swing penalty that's enumerated in the Liberty Lines contract because the four-hour swing is a thing from the Liberty Lines contract. So... What do we got? We got five and six hour swings in Yonkers, and they only got to give you one hour, maybe two, you know? And you now are looking at anywhere between a 12 and 14 hour day in most cases. So what happens? The guy in Eastchester driving the same model bus, doing the same type of work assignment, express only work, basically putting the same mileage, gets paid after two and a half hour swing. I'm going to get paid eight minimum under the... uh, excuse me, uh, under the uh, Liberty Lines contract, um, which is still in force unless it's superseded by an MOU, handshake on paper with some signatures, because <laughs> that's the way it is. We shook hands. Right. Now sign this, and we agree. We agree. We're going to screw you. <laughs> and that's what it comes down to. Is gonna get paid, I'm going to get paid a minimum of eight hours and 30 minutes. Ten minutes doesn't count toward or against the eight-hour total, so that's my report time, pre-trip bus. 20-minute swing penalty. Because since they split my day up, we got to give you something, which is equivalent to what is called drop-back pay, which is also a 20-minute lunch break. That's where that 20 minutes comes from. So that's 20, 10 and 20 is 30. Eight-hour minimum of paid work. So I'm going to get paid 8.30 for a 12 to 14-hour day if my service time is anywhere near eight hours. Okay? Which most of the time that's the case. And um, somebody in East Chester, they're looking at 12 hours for the same piece of work, same mileage. Same bus, same destination in Manhattan most of the time. Wow. So you know what's crazy about this this whole swing thing and buses? I believe once you sign on the payroll, your time don't stop until you sign off. I, for, I agree. For all swings, that's how I feel it should be. Well, they shouldn't I be swings care. in the first place. Well, look, I'll tell you something. In the last contract, uh, for, for some years now, and I think, Joe, you agree with me, they've been trying to cut back on that on those big swings They've been trying to cut back on those swing runs for years because, like I said, they know that you know basically they wanted to make everything, you know, cut down the cut down the spread on a lot of these uh, runs and buses down to eight hours. But yep. of course, they haven't been able to achieve that. But they were, you know, but definitely they don't have as many swing runs as they had when I started. I mean, you had all those senior all those senior guys has um, swing, you know, big split bingos. Runs, they called exactly. Yeah. So. They they definitely cut down on a lot of it, and and contractually in our contract, they're supposed to yet they're supposed to be a certain amount of them. That's correct. But of course, they violate that in the contract. <laughs> the, the trend is the opposite at MTA bus. The number you know? of swing runs are increasing. It's gotten to the point that you can't get a straight piece of work with up to now 18 years of service in Yonkers. Really? Yeah. And it's it's a funny it it, it seems funny. But it's all caused by that they kept, this is, this is MTA logic, okay? So expect some extreme stupidity. Um, what they've done is that in the past on weekends, Liberty Lines has in their contract no swing, ones on, swing runs on weekends. So if you got a gap in service on a Sunday of two hours, you sit in the bus two hours on break and they got to pay you. So the MTA thought, hey, we'll save some money. 
We'll take that piece of work and split into two runs. No split for the operator. But we're going to take a guy who was in the job on a Saturday or Sunday, 11, 11 and a half. Some runs were 12 hours when I started uh, back in 2004 on the weekends. Okay? And it was 12 hours. Wow, that's horrible. It was gravy. It, it was. You had, a lot of, you had a lot of recovery times because of the scheduling. You know, the headway on a Sunday for the express buses was an hour on all lines. Trip takes an hour and 10 minutes. Guess what? You got 50 minutes before the next bus goes out because you got there after the previous scheduled bus. Yeah, it was, it was gravy. They figured they could save money. And what they'll do is they'll make a person deadhead from Yonkers to Manhattan. And they'll pay this person eight hours, that person eight hours, and then they realize something. They said, wow, we need more drivers and buses on the weekends. Well, crap, what do we do? Well, uh, well, we have to create more weekend runs with weekdays off. So there goes your straight runs. It got to the point that uh, there are only, uh, if I, I couldn't say about this pick, but the last pick that started in September, there was only 13 a.m., being that you start in the morning, finish in the early afternoon, 13 a.m. straight runs. 13. We used to have as much as 25. So if you had some seniority, you knew you got weekends off, you knew you did a straight piece of work, and you were home by at least, you were out of the job by at least 2.30 in the afternoon. Well, now you need upwards of 18 years. That's crazy. So, Joe, let me ask you something. What would it take for them to get a fair contract? Who Samuelson is supposed to negotiate their contract, correct? Right, yeah, president negotiates that, yeah. So what's the hold up? Or or is it going to negotiate at this contract? There's something going down. Well, well, based on the past trends, nothing's ever been negotiated properly. It's always been. Samuelson never negotiated a contract in his life. Well, I mean, that, uh, like I said, I, 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 could, I could say I'm the president based on his experience in, in uh, negotiating right. contracts. Exactly. I mean, uh, I, I've never been elected to union office. I'm just a lowly bus driver that wears a Ralph Cramden hat. Um, <laughs> and uh, what happens is um, working on picks, uh, helping my union chairman, vice chairman, uh, officers in Yonkers, um, started to get me into seeing the point behind how they schedule things. Then when they start going into using the uh, hostess program, which the MTA does not own your, uh, for the Department of Buses side, they don't own the program that they put you in that seat with, okay? They don't own the software for that. They, they lease that, they buy that from a uh, Canadian company called Gyro. And um, uh, a comp- it's funny, you can't find the exact cost for the, uh, at least online, of what the MTA pays per year or contract period for mm-hmm. use of that program. But uh, the largest example I was able to find is that LA County Metro in uh, 2002 was paying $2 million a year for a 2000 bus peak uh, service fleet for a p- computer program to use to put you in that seat. So basically, this is, you know, what I want everybody to know is elaborate a little bit more on that. This is Hostus, you said? Yeah, H-A-S-T-U-S. Okay, Hostus is, um, this is basically the software that's used to come up with the schedules, right? That's correct. That's how they make your paddles. They they implemented an MTA bus in um, 2012. Um, They they, uh, did a presentation for implementation during uh, the 2011. Prior to that, there were um, schedules were made depending on the company by uh, another um, individual who uh, had a contract to make schedules for Liberty Lines, uh, Triborough Coach, uh, Queen Surface, um, 
uh, Baisley Park, which was a Jamaica bus. Uh, New York Bus Service did theirs in-house. They did their own picks. They oh, had, really? Yeah, they used my, I mean, I wish I found that to give an example, but yeah, um, it's very good when you take out a piece of paper on a radio show, everybody can read it, you know. Um, it doesn't work very well. Um, what happens is New York Bus Service did theirs in-house. All they needed is a word processor program. They knew what their scheduled trips were, and the pick generally stayed the same for decades. Mm. Um, uh, Yonkers, which was Liberty Lines, they made changes to the pick each pick, but for the most part, the schedule up until the takeover in 2005 hadn't changed. The actual bus schedule hadn't changed since 1997. Mm. So you knew what you were picking. Nothing really moved around. The MTA got their hands on it, and they, they turned it every which way but loose. So ba- and then basically, from what I understand, in TA and OA, uh, those, it's based on 1983 uh, yes. numbers. They're scheduling, right? Yeah, well, uh, the, the, how the paddle comes out and why it looks so confusing where you actually need a glossary. To go ahead and look at this, unless you're from the depot, you actually have to go ahead and... And, and you do. And you do. You know. Because it's only a five-letter abbreviation for each of the time points. Right. If you don't know, yeah. you know it, then you got to, that's what you got to do. I mean, uh, some people in uh, uh, Gun Hill might know this, but the, how, do you know what a CTLOP is? Sound like some type of center loop or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Very close. It's actually the City Line bus loop at 242nd yeah, Street and Katona Avenue. Uh-huh. Shout out to yeah. me for knowing a little exactly. bit when I look at it. Exactly. That's what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> you have to use common sense. But in Manhattan, it's a little easier because it's all numbers. Oh, right. Okay. It's but, numbers and letters. But sometimes they use it in an odd order. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's easy to figure out, you know, MA27S. It's like, hmm, well, that's Madison, 27th Street. Yay, wonderful. <laughs> but when you start getting into some places, it's like, you know, I couldn't tell you what happens at Quill or, 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 um, or Mother Hale for um, Lower Manhattan. I mean, how am I going to know what Cherry Street is? It's not going to say Cherry. It's not going to say Pike and Madison. It's going to have all kinds of letters where you have to ask yourself, what does this mean? And where are those aliens that wrote this? Yeah, like, I, <laughs> like yeah, like I know for the M8 line down near Quill, the, the one of the time points is C H W E S, which is Christopher West Street. There you go. Yeah, so basically it's like you know, yeah, you know. I, but, I, I but was Brooklyn, thinking, I was thinking well, Chewbacca was going to walk in. And the depot, like on the schedules, it's written on the wall, like the abbreviations. Yeah, but now, okay, I agree. Well, it it is a part of the pick glossary. But let's say you're going to pick into a depot from somewhere else. You're not looking at that wall in Gun Hill when you're in West Farms. But I'll tell you something. They don't have all of that stuff on the wall like how they used to. Because, see, everything is paddles. And it's not like the old days where, you know, even a little bit before I came on the, before, when I, before I came on the job, when you got to run, you used to have to calculate your running time yourself. They used to have to, you had to do the math. They had the numbers up there on the wall. So what, so every, so if you're on the extra list and you got to run every day, you had to get, you had to go up there to the wall, copy down the, you know, the running time and do the math real quick and get your running time that way. But see, that's all we know as bus operators, you know, in this day and time is paddles printed out, poop, and that's it. You go on your way. Well, I've been in three depots in the last five years and when you pick into a depot, you have enough time to go to that depot and do your research. Look on the boards, check to see whatever line you picked into, um, look for the abbreviations and do your homework. That's what we need our members to start doing, doing your homework. Know what run you pick, go to the depot, 
find out what's the abbreviation, nothing is going to be handed to you. That's why our union is messed up now because no one is doing their homework. So when you change from one depot to the next or switch back and forth, then you pick a line, go to your chairperson and ask them, where's the board so I can find out what these abbreviations are. I, for one, do not want a 10-page paddle with Christopher Street and Christie Street written out need, on it. You don't it. need one. Uh, uh, that, I was going to go with that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, that's okay. Um, the previous contractor that did Liberty Lines paddles, he used to get a day card every day that also that had all your trips, your departure times on those trips, if there was any uh, deviation via so-and-so, if there was a, you know, a branch to the route. Um, also, you would put in your actual departure time, uh, in the express side, uh, Liberty Lines Express, you put your pasture counts because nobody wants to spend 650 to stand up in a bus and get thrown around all day on the highway. Um, but on the back side, you had selected time points, and they were spelled out, and your day's work did fit on one sheet of paper. And if it was too small, they would hand you a paddle uh, that was printed in larger, uh, larger print. It doesn't, it's not necessary. And, and I, the other thing is, this goes into the technology part. Um, why is it necessary to hand out a piece of paper with 1983 abbreviations? The reason those abbreviations are there was the lack of computing power in 1983. <laughs> the amount of computing power in the cell phone was the whole hostage system in 1983. And everybody's got a cell phone. And you don't even have to have an iPhone. I'm talking about the crappiest kind of phone you can go ahead and get internet on was the maximum computer powder, power Sorry, in uh, 1983. So looking at other agencies, they have, you can get your paddle in, uh, even in Los Angeles on a screen on your bus because they use um, a system, system called Orbital. It's a, uh, it, it does GPS, it makes your ADA announcements for you. In fact, your road call, you can fill out an online defect sheet that's on that screen. You go to that page and point out your defect and they don't even have to answer the radio. They can go ahead and send you a text message on that screen telling you, listen, there'll be a bus for you waiting at, uh, at 149th and 3rd. Your uh, bus change will be waiting for you. You try to pick up a radio, in, uh, especially an MTA bus, it's, it's disgusting because uh, if you call for help, mm -hmm. you know, when, when seconds count and all you have is seconds before this goes bad and you get hurt, help is only hours away. So basically what you're saying is these people are behind in the times. Uh, yes, they are behind in the times. Uh, in fact, um, there, there has been a, there is a report on it uh, that they're behind on the times. Um, in terms of their openness, uh, a study was done. That, 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 that is some of the uh, stuff that I was looking up. A study was done about their ability to cooperate and uh, be open uh, with uh, uh, public information and scheduling. I mean, there's no reason that you're able to go ahead and have uh, bus time online. Uh, you can pick up your phone and you see, oh, this is where my bus is. And that same thing knows that if your bus is idling, even if, you know, they knows that it's on, it knows where you are within 50 feet and can't make an ADA announcement for you, okay? Can't go ahead and they can transmit to maintenance, even with the uh, clever intelligent vehicle network, the IVN, that was uh, put into buses starting in 2009. Can tell you the exhaust temperature of the bus. Can tell you if it's a check engine. It could warn you that the turbo is about to dump the bed. But you got to pick up a radio and push a you know, request to talk from a radio that was put in buses in 1988. 
That's how old the radio network goes back to. It's 1988 Neat. for the current one we're using. Okay. They right. can't get parts for it, you know. I mean, I can go on eBay right now and get the same model of radio. <laughs> they, they, they practically pay you to buy it from them. <laughs> go on eBay <laughs> and buy a, I can buy a Spectra, okay? That's the model that uh, we use at MTA bus. The Centaur is the model. I'm sorry, correction. It is Spectra at a transit, but uh, with a larger control head uh, called an A9 head. I could buy that for $120. They'll, well, throw, they'll throw it in a box. They'll send it to me. I got a TA radio. Well, listen, you know, you got to remember something. This is an agency that still has RTS buses. Hey, listen, don't talk bad about the RTS. No, no, no. That is the Tonka truck of transit buses. You can yeah. throw that off a mountain, dust it off, throw some fuel and oil in it. They'll keep going. Dude, it'll keep going. That's right. <laughs> Tell us. Until the summertime come. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I own one. That's why. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, oh, really? You own one? Yeah, yeah. Friend, um, I told you I was a bus enthusiast. So right, right, right. Okay. Friend of mine, uh, we, we own a New Jersey transit RTS, which they know how to spec a bus out. Yes, you actually can control the temperature in a New Jersey Transit RTS to down to 60 degrees in the summer. Oh, yeah, I because I remember driving them when I was out of the academy. They oh, had that's right. That's right. I they worked there also. Yeah, you put that down to 60. I used to drive the 22 hillside and 101 degree weather with a night jacket and a tie and long sleeves. That's how cold that bus that's would That's how get. cold that bus was? Wow. Yeah. You know, none of this 68 to 72 degrees set by maintenance in the shop at MTA because they don't trust us to, you know, control the temperature of a bus. No, because, well, you know what it is? There are a lot of guys who will turn it off. Well, that's actually an old practice. You, you might know that. When you were driving older RTSs or what I was driving, the MCI Classics that were 1988 and 1989 buses in 2004, 5 to 2008 when they were retired, <laughs> you go ahead and hit a hill, close the doors up, and try to take off. You could put your foot through the floor and pull a Flintstones, and that bus ain't going anywhere because that AC is bogging that engine down so bad. <laughs> yeah, tell me it drives, about it. I used to turn off the AC to like 103rd, uh, 103rd Street going oh, up that hill. Lexington Avenue. Oh, right? yeah. It's got to turn the AC up. Tank, turn the AC off. One time, actually, I told everybody, get off the bus, meet me at the top of the hill, or we're not going nowhere. That's what we used to do. In, <laughs> um, we had the 101. I told my cousin, we had the 101 M101 line in Manhattanville when I started. And we had those old RTSs, those 4,000 series. Mm -hmm. You weren't going anywhere. So basically, you had to wait at the bottom of the hill. And, <laughs> and, let the, and let, let, you had to kill the lights. And you had to get the run and start. Yeah. Because that's how steep that hill is, Joe, on Spanish Hall. Well, well, you like, think I'm bullshit? I'm not bullshit. Everybody, everybody get out and bush. Exactly. <laughs> I've done it. I had to do yeah. it. I caught a light at the bottom of the hill. Somebody was double parked. A cab driver was like, screw you. You're not getting over in this lane. Caught the light. Hit the accelerator. Got about eh, 15 feet up the hill. And the bus said, are you effing kidding me? Right. Are you kidding me? You actually want me to go up this shit with these people on this bus? What, you kidding? And don't kneel those buses with, with a crowded bus. Don't, because, no. those, because those buses, that when you kneel them, they tilt it to the side. Yeah, the so older ones. The, old, right. the older ones. So basically, you had to tell the people to get off. To bring the bus back up. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm lying? I'm not lying. Joe. Well, I'm telling you. Now here's the thing. Going going back to the old days. I mean, this is before my time driving. I was, you know, I was I was into buses. I'm looking. Ooh, bus. I wasn't the one behind the wheel. Um, uh, a driver, if I remember correctly, out of Gun Hill was killed that way. That he had a bus in a kneel position, and the trick was you used to slash the bag to get it to go back up. He got killed. On Bartow Avenue doing that. Oh, really? Oh, this is about, I would say, 1992. Yeah, it was in the paper. One of the Napstow operator got killed trying to do that because he didn't want to road call the bus and get through the rest of the damn trip. 
I think he was doing a 28, maybe a, uh, no, it was a 28 or a 26. Okay. Out of Gun Hill at the time, school dismissal. If anybody's worked Gun Hill, you know how that uh, complex is, because I went to school at IS-180. You got Truman, you had two um, uh, elementary schools, two uh, uh, junior highs, and you had Truman, so you're looking at a few thousand kids, so when dismissal comes, you want to commit suicide rather than pull into the stop. You regret the day you drove. <laughs> you regret the day you decide to drive a bus and pick at that time, pick work at that time of day. Joe, let me ask you a question, because yeah. I'm going back and forth in the group right now. This, this is separate from a topic. Now, I'm going back and forth about people asking, um, since we complain so much, why we still work for transit. You know what I'm saying? But that's besides the point. Somebody that said right now <clears throat> that the reason you lost the last election is because people lumped you with being uh, uh, um, with Roger versus Stan Samuelson and them still in votes. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a... Um it's a tactic. It's an election tactic. It's, it's something that, you know, you try to, uh, first you vilify your opponent, your old opponent, then you lump your new opponent with your old opponent. It's, it's not, people didn't lump me with anything. This is a tactic that the administration uses. And then if they're victorious in their election, then they get to screw you for three more years. And all of a sudden you said, why the hell I vote against him again? Tucson, who's that? I mean, think about this. From 2008 till now, how many transit workers were hired? They don't even know who Roger Tucson is. But we're told by Samuelson and these guys who he is. And then say, Campbell, he was his, 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 his henchman. He did this. He sold the building. He, um, I mean, I forget how many things I'm responsible for now. It's getting ridiculous. <laughs> Including progressive action. I know. Even that. <laughs> right. Exactly. I know. And I feel bad about that. Yeah, um, but get, get involved in troublemakers, right? You know, you got guys, you know, saying things that I screwed up MTA bus. Um, it, it's just, it's getting more and more ridiculous, the accusations that they make and they put upon me. Um, but they're going to keep doing that. And it's only it's 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 an election tactic. It's to it's to energize their base, keep their base loyal to them. Say, well, if you think about going with him, remember Tucson, Tucson, Tucson. Since 2008, Roger Tucson w w went to the international and took a director spot. And this is 2016. That's eight years ago. <laughs> 2000 TAOA, not even MTA bus included, TAOA workers were hired per year on average since then, which would make 16,000 members were hired, which is half the transit force who don't know who he is or what, what transpired back then. You can tell them any lie you want, and, 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 and they wouldn't know the difference. And, um, you know, they just keep laying it on me. I want to get this clear right now. Do you think you was robbed of votes? Oh, yeah. I mean, we could go I, – I, there's a there's, – there's a whole lot of different categories and levels we could talk about on how um, the election was uh, was played with by the administration. And they, you know, they knew what they were doing ahead of time. They planned it out. Um, you know, whether the neutral monitor was an unwitting accomplice or a direct accomplice, um, you know, still remains a matter of conjecture. But I believe that um, the members were duped in this election um, even more than the last one. And the last one was ridiculous. And then sometimes you look at your old Facebook posts and then in 2012, I'm like, wow, these things don't change, do they? You know, 2015 was almost the same thing. Um, the members, this is, this is my, um, my pet peeve on this anyway, and this is just from a member's perspective and not somebody, you know, who was running for president. It's a very sacred process that the members have, their, their election process, and for the leadership to, um, to, to, to manipulate it the way they do is, is a direct insult to the membership. Now, if you go around and you ask anybody out there, and I, you know, and I, I still go out and, um, 
and I'm going to be talking to a lot of members. I, how, I can't find anybody that voted for Samuelson. How does this guy keep winning, <laughs> but nobody will admit to voting for him? Yeah, that's it's true. amazing, right? That's well, I'm going to throw it back to how, think about it this way. Nixon won in a landslide, right? But you couldn't find one person after he resigned and was impeached that said they voted for Nixon. It's like, who? <laughs> my dad told me. My dad said, who voted for this guy then? Everybody I talked to says they didn't vote for him. Who voted for this guy? Now, the thing is that the reason I say it, it's very possible Joe could have won this last election and he was cheated out of votes. Just when you look at the small scale between Crystal and Joe Castales, they small numbers right. was altered off a different vote, different, different counts. So picture thousands of, 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 of ballots mm -hmm. being yeah. miscounted. Yeah, and, I mean, and the cheating that, that went on. Well, yeah, and, and even the, um, the vote tallying, um, the way they did it, it was, and then we didn't see it coming, that they wouldn't tally each division um, under, under the leadership. I don't know how many votes I got you know, in places. I can only look at what the vice presidential candidate got and assume that my numbers were close to that. But the leadership wasn't tallied by division. So I don't know how many votes I got in MTA bus. I know how many Hector Comrie got. And I'm saying, well, I might have got what Hector Comrie got, but I don't know how many I got. Why is that? that did, did it take that much more effort to say that? The, but in 2012, we were able to tally that. So, and, 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 and all the confusion and, 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 and how grouchy everybody is during the, during the count and how many hours you grouchy spend down militant. there. militant. Um, that we, 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 you know, you're arguing about a million different things than to come up with and say, well, why, did, why weren't we told you weren't going to tally in this way and that way? Um, and then when we were asking for recounts, no, we're closing the building, get out. Wow. You know, this is that, and, and I'm telling you now, I don't, I don't know which one of you rats is listening. You better send it back to your boss, but um, we, we're going to make election demands ahead of time. We are not going to put up with this bullshit again. And, and this, is, this is on behalf of the membership. It's not about Transfer Workers United, and it's not about, you know, like what the sock puppet says that we're whining. This is our, um, this is our right to have a, a pristine election process. This is, this, is the, the bet, this is probably, you know, the holy grail of membership is to have a pristine election process and not to have one that's manipulated by people who, you know, I, you know and you've heard me. Personally, I, I, I have disdain for almost all of them. So to even see gangsters and thugs like that running around messing with our elections just, just to stay in office, just to get paid by our dues, just to stay off the bus and off the train and off the track, um, you know, really makes me sick. And, and, and this time around, we're going to have a whole lot of people standing with us, and we're not going to tolerate that I, anymore. I'd like to add to that. This is the thing. They go ahead and they slander you, correct? I, I mean, I've seen it, but okay, they slander you. They still I'm a to closet racist now, too. Oh, yeah, everything. I mean, they're going to they're gonna blame you for everything. It's misdirection. They're going to blame you for everything that they've done wrong. I mean, next thing you know, they're going to blame you for why they're on this earth. Um, but the whole thing that doesn't, the one thing that doesn't change, okay, is that all that slandering, you're looking at a building on fire. You're pointing to it and yelling fire. They're trying to change that from saying that no, that's not a fire. There's nothing wrong there. There's nothing to see here. And how long do they expect that to work? I mean, you're yelling. I mean, it, can we all, everybody agree that something is very wrong in this administration and this union to be having to repeat uh, arbitrations and kicking things down the road and calling things that are not a victory, a victory. Uh, to go back to that MTA bus thing, it's not a victory when you separate pension from a, a negotiation. Wait a year, okay? 
a year it took, just over a year. November 9th, they signed the uh, handshake sign here. It's an agreement, on, a handshake on paper, no real contract, no real work rules at MTA bus. And to come to an arbitrator's award that says, okay, you'll get 130 from now. Even though that the supposed MOU goes back for negotiation, go back to 2012, where there's a victory, a parity, pay parity only. That's very important to realize that pay parity is, um, is not parity, okay? There's right. no parity in MTA bus. I might get paid the same amount an hour. I'm not getting the paid same hours as another guy in another depot. Or that guy in East Chester is not getting paid the same way in College Point. So there's no parity there. So the building is on fire. You, Joe, are yelling, hey, look, that building's on fire. And they're saying, no, no, it's not. That's no. normal. That's perfectly normal, perfectly okay. Yeah, it's a yellow light. We just have the heat up. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just have, it's just a fireplace. They're just having a party. But it's, it's 100 degrees in, uh, outside. It's, a, you know, why, they gotta, why, why is there a fire inside? The windows are blown out. There's black smoke billing out. There's somebody screaming for Jesus, help me. And you pointed that out. And somehow, some way... They're saying, don't listen to this guy who's saying the building's on fire. There's black smoke building everywhere. People are jumping. Okay, don't listen to this guy. He doesn't know what he's doing. Do you know he was involved with this guy? Yeah, but what's that got to do with the building being on fire? What's that got to do with that? <laughs> you know, and it's funny, too, when they bring the Tucson um, thing together. and they, uh, Samuelson was, we used to make fun of Samuelson. We used to call him the golden boy. He was so far up Roger's ass. All you saw when Roger walked by was Samuelson's feet. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> And, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, this, this, the contracts that, that him and his goon squad um, didn't uh, negotiate. Well, <laughs> in 2000, the 2002 contract that everybody keeps bringing up, um, Samuelson signatures all over it. I mean, he was, you know, really proud to be acting vice president and all this and, 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 and Roger's protege. And then when he broke, and he broke for his own uh, political ambitions it had nothing to do with anything else except you know he figured it was time for him to take over because that's all it's about it's all about him um that 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 all of a sudden roger you know became this that he's demonized and and and, and i guess there was a political break um outside political ideology whatever the hell it was but the basic bottom line is that you know i ran for my office i won um, the only the only reason I'm, I, I'm still not the division chair of, of car equipment is because I decided to run for president. I had to give that up. And they act like you they act like you never accomplished anything. I know it's it's I, I mean you got to give it up. You can't run for two. Um, I you know I, I I saw something wrong with this union. I, I won division chair when Samuelson won his first uh, term as president. We still beat their guys. Um, and then and then when I saw how he was running the union, I was like, hell no, I can't. I mean, it was it would be easy enough for me to turn around, and tell everybody out in the field like they do. Oh, it's all good. No, that's not a fire. Don't worry about it. Samuelson's the man. Oh, he's the man. Um, don't worry about it. Just elect me again and I'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. I'll say good morning. I'll smile um, and, and it'll all be good. I, I could have did that and rode that gravy chamber. But in good conscience, I can't because it's not how I. It's not why I got into this business. I can't look in the mirror and say, you know what, it's all good. I mean, I'm, if I could, if I had the, the 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 ability to lie to members and tell them that, well, uh, yeah, it's all good, then it wouldn't matter what I'm looking at in the mirror because I could lie to myself too. Um, but I can't do that. And whether it's me or anybody else, um, you know, that, that, that runs for future leadership, it, the fact of the matter is that things do have to change, and I believe that the members know that. Maybe whatever sleight of hand they're going to pull during the next election, the members, the people that you speak to individually in the field that doesn't, they don't have union reps looking at them and frowning at them because they're speaking to us, 
They know that, that, that something has to change. Maybe they don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but instinctively they know that the organization that, that they're in right now, something smells, and, and they don't like it. And I want to go back to MTA Bus because Tremel asked me a question before. MTA Bus is... MTA Bus was left behind again um, when, when TAOA got their contract. And, 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 you know, you can't just say, well, it was repaired because they got their retro pay, so it's all good. It signified that MTA Bus is still not a part of the parent TAOA. By doing that, the union, by leaving them at the table, the union said to management, you're right, they're a separate division, they're a separate entity, and they, and they have nothing to do with TAOA. MTA Bus will not get parity. MTA bus will not be ever be considered first class citizens of this membership until the union stops leaving them at the table yeah. and says we're not going to leave the table until they have a contract and that contract equals ours and it's not those MOU handshakes with a signature but it, it's it's an ironclad we are them they are us and until that happens it's always going to be that way and yeah. you know another thing that they that that they sell um, the dream to MTA members is the fact that they could get pension, pe- excuse me, pension parity with <laughs> OANTA. Right, he's laughing. It's like, <laughs> ah, that's Jesus. not, you know, legally that's not possible. It, it can't work that way. No, There's no legislation attached to it. Um, as as uh, now, you know, now as a retiree, um, it's amazing how many times that I, I've sat around and looked, and I said to my uh, co-workers, uh, uh, you know, in Yonkers, I said, I can't, I, you know something? This is what it's like to be the wannabe B team, reserve, auxiliary, look like, not exactly, you know, can't believe it's not butter, MTA. <laughs> you, you get sold, I mean, I started with Liberty Line, so I accepted that this is going to be something different. I personally never wanted to work for the MTA. You know, know thy enemy, but I, I swear to God, I mean, that was the worst thing. The day that they put that, that Pac-Man out to me was the day that my life ended, I can tell you that now in terms of um, what the MTA, how they operate. But the thing is that to get employees at MTA bus at the beginning, when they took over, they went ahead and took people off of MAPSTOA and TA list and gave them an option and said, you can have a job right now, right now. You don't have to wait. You took the test. You know, we're going to give you a list number, but you have the option to walk in and right now start as a bus operator in the MTA. That's what they told them. And people walked in. People took it. They took it. They didn't know that uh, uh, Yonkers Depot started at 55% of top rate in 2005, so they were going to make twelve twenty-one an hour, not eight, not set, not eighteen dollars an hour, not the eighteen sixteen, twelve. They didn't tell them that. So these guys come in. They are happy. They left jobs at other places. UPS. They left other jobs because they said this is perfect. I'm going to get a pension. My family's going to be okay. I got health coverage. All these things, and I actually watched within um, a week of their arrival in Yonkers Depot. I watched three people quit in front of me. They said I took a test from Abstoa. What is this? Or I took a test for TA. And they look at their pay stuff. They open it up and they say, What is this? What 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 is what what, what pay rate? What twelve twenty one? What 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 is this? But by that time they relinquished their spot on the list. And they didn't tell them that. They didn't they didn't have to sign that paper they do now that they started telling them, listen, we gotta we gotta make this legal. We just took them off a civil service list. Took them off the list, out of the way, and never told them that. And that got covered up. That's another thing about corruption in the MTA. 
How do you go ahead and say, hey, listen, there's laws in place that, you know, these people are on a civil service exam or they took a provisional uh, title after an exam and they have a place in it. We're just going to tell them that they're going to be in the MTA, okay, and let them come off that list and tell them they signed their life away without signing anything your life away, without signing anything. They said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Send them down. They didn't send them to Zariga because Zariga was TAOA facility. MTA bus wasn't in there yet. That's another part of corruption I'll get at. Same thing with Mac. Okay, um, I don't mean to go on a tangent, but people gave up that place and came to the B team. They were on the practice squad. That's yeah. what MTA bus is. It's the practice squad. Yeah. You, you, work, you can be quarterback for the CFL. No, nah, you can be second string in the NFL, but we'll give you a starting job with Vancouver. And, and remember, no, no... You kidding me? It's the XFL. No, no sick days, right? Nope. No sick days. Still sick Absolutely days. not. How can you work a job in America... Even Trump will give you days off. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not the MTA. Oh, let awful. me tell you. It's awful. You want, you want to talk about awful? I, um, I had mentioned, uh, I alluded to before. I was, I was in a coma for um, 12 days in uh, March of 2014. My lungs failed. Um, and uh, I told my wife, she's sitting over here in the studio, that right before... She's, as pro, my, she's crocheting a nice blanket. Uh, it might be a sweater. I think sweater. it's for my, uh, my, um, my uh, father-in-law. Okay. Um, it might be mine. I don't know. She's working <laughs> on two of them. She's working on two of them. Don't so before Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> okay. so, so, so what happens is, I, um, I, the last words I told her as um, my lungs were failing, I was coughing up uh, a large amount of blood, my pulse ox numbers were tanking. I said to her, not, I love you, honey. You know, not, you know, don't worry. I'll, everything will be all right. My last words before they intubated me and put those tubes down my throat to put me on a ventilator was, honey, take plenty of pictures. I'm going to need this for arbitration. Those are my last words. That could have been my last words in this goddamned world. And I tell my wife, take plenty of pictures. I'm going to need this for arbitration. Mm. And let me tell you, that was March 2014, April 9th, 2015. I was in College Point for arbitration for chronic absenteeism and excessive absenteeism. For the time I was in a goddamned coma. Wow. Oh my God. Wow. And so, I had to use those pictures at the arbitration. The arbitrator was. That's ridiculous. I, I, I showed the uh, union lawyer, I, I can't remember his name, but John Day was there. And it's like, listen, maybe we can get work out a deal here. What's the story? I said, listen, I was in a coma. What do you mean you was in a coma? And I take these pictures out. The union lawyer and John Day go, oh, Jesus Christ, fuck. I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> me on a ventilator. That's why I was absent. What was the outcome? Well, the MTA withdrew. Um, they said, well, we're not counting that time. But you did have, mind you, this is 2015 is the arbitration date. The hearing was brought to me uh, October. The first level was October of 2014. They said, well, you did miss seven days in 2013. Yeah, but that's not what the first level hearing, that's not what the charges say on the Dan. Now, they can't change it. They can't oh, they did. So what happens is the union lawyer, and I had had enough of it already, uh, had said, listen, we got this worked out. Uh, we'll get you. Uh, they wanted 20 days. Wow. 20 days suspension. Okay. I said, we got this worked out. Um, take three days at your leisure. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> take three days at your leisure to use since you're out of FMLA because my FMLA expired. 
Um, uh, for some reason, apparently, if you're in a coma and you request a year of FMLA, they give you four months, but they tell you it's a year, and then they bring out, oh, your FMLA expired. And it's like, that doesn't do me any good if I'm in a coma. I'm sorry, I can't reapply. I can't get your 1,250 hours, you know, when yeah. a machine is breathing for me. Sorry. I mean, that'd be nice. I mean, I'd love to drive a bus in a coma. I, I just don't think it's humanly possible. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I warned my wife before I'd gotten ill enough to have to retire from, you know, the same condition that I, I said, honey, I promise me that you will get the hospital to bring me to work in the, in the, in the bed and roll me up to that crew window and see if the dispatcher will throw my trip sheet at me. <laughs> <laughs> because what I was told in my second level hearing by the AGM of Yonkers Depot, who was greatly intoxicated at the time, <laughs> and I'm not kidding, he was in fact intoxicated. Um, he has a history of that. Um, he was intoxicated. tells me that, well, I can't see why you missed work. And I said, well, I'm sorry, but uh, when I got my consultation uh, two weeks before my coma, I said, listen, um, I came in for a consultation. I was out on disability. Uh, this was going bad. I was already coughing up blood. I was having difficulty breathing. You know, I said, I, I, as soon as, I, you know, doctor gives me, okay, I'll come back to work. You know, but I got a consultation with the uh, GS support at the time. And I'm coughing up blood in front of them. And I tell the AGM at the step two hearing, I said, listen, I said, I mean, how can somebody be fit for duty if they're coughing up blood? His answer is, well, I couldn't tell you if you're not fit for duty or, or whatever. And I look at this man. I said, you've been a manager with the private lines, being with Liberty Lines, where you started from, for at least long as I've been alive, longer than I've been alive. Okay? You're telling me you think somebody coughing up blood is fit for duty to jump in a commercial vehicle and transport passengers and they can't breathe? You think that's fit for duty? Oh, I, I can't say other, I, like I said, yeah, Can, coming from the guy who's not fit to walk out of this office. <laughs> <laughs> but and, we all, and we all know the AGM of uh, That's correct. People who worked at the reincarnated Amsterdam of me back in 2008 to 2010, y'all should know who this guy is. I'm not going to say no names, right. you know. But let me ask you something. Are they allowed to do that? Because no. in, in a court proceeding, you can't bring up new charges while you're on trial. That's correct. And, you and can't just like in the in middle of a trial. In yeah. arbitration, they can't say, well, you know, oh, okay, you got us on this one, but we go bring up this one. They can't do that. No, they, they have to bring up, that. they got to bring up all new charges. That's correct. And they didn't do that. They bring this up at the day of arbitration after they got to see the mm. nine pictures my wife took of my fat ass in a hospital bed on a mm. ventilator. Yeah, what they were trying to do was still build up their case, and that's, that's an awful thing to do. But what, what they would have did if they wanted to not, you know, because they, they were fast-tracking what, 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 what happened to you, you know, by throwing the charges at arbitration and not hearing new charges at step one, step two, was that they would bring up new charges and then hold off on that arbitration and then run those charges back up to arbitration and then they try to combine them at that time. And that's what they did. They did a comment. They, uh, what I saw up until my uh, access to the BSC was... Um, um, discontinued with my administrative termination, even though I put my retirement in a month and a half earlier. Um, I saw that says combined with other. I was only presented with one Dan. Yeah, but they combined, combined with three at the third separate step. Dan numbers. Three they separate Dan numbers. They combined it at the yeah. third step. So what they were true was fast tracking it and they should have gone back to step one again and then That's went, correct. you know. Um, you, you, can't, you can't go ahead at a trial and, and, and add new charges. And it's, it's, you have to, if this was a criminal proceeding like you mentioned, you, you go ahead and arraign somebody for one charge. They're going to trial for this one charge. Unless you intend to submit new charges, 
That's its own, that's its own hearing. Yeah, In our case, mind you, that's another thing. Uh, they go back sometimes 18 months, 24 months looking for attendance and will come to somebody. There's hearings right now in Yonkers for people that says, listen, um, you have, um, you know, this, this constitutes, this seven days of missed work or uh, seven instances between, uh, you know, let's say January 2013 and uh, October 2016. How can they do that? Seven. Seven instances. How many days involved? Eight. Excuse me? You tell me you can't become sick in, uh, what, a year and 10 months? A year and 10 months, almost two years. You're not allowed to be sick for a total of eight days with or without documentation. These people, I provided documentation, okay? It's not, that, it's not like I don't feel like coming to work. I, at this point, I can't come to work. And if you let me come to work in that hospital bed, who, who, who's the person who needs uh, medical attention at that point? And this was allowed to proceed. As they said here, we made a deal. That's another thing. I, I swear to God, with these proceedings at MTA bus, it's like walking into KFC. You have a deal. And it's like, what deal? Oh, um, we're going to offer you, in my case, uh, three days. You can take at your leisure and that the arbitrator is aware of your serious medical condition, okay? And then the arbitrator, has, uh, the arbitrator will dismiss with prejudice against them any further uh, proceedings if those days missed are related to your illness. I was like, this is the first time I ever heard of this. So I went ahead and I said, I've had enough. I'm lucky I'm still alive. The reason you saw me at LaGuardia, I was on, I was on light duty. I was on restricted duty for six months at that time. That was after my last hospital visit where, my, where I was, uh, had pneumonia and uh, respiratory distress, okay? Which I also, they try to discipline me for that one, but that actually went nowhere. See, this is what we talk about when we're talking about discipline and, and overhauling the discipline process. When I was division chair, and yeah, I was elected to things before I got to run for president. Um, idiots. Anyway, um, the thing is that the first thing I would say to director of labor relations, um, and for, for a long time, John Schmidt, um, Jeff Granham, uh, Lenny Axelrod, and I would say, when I look at the discipline, I look at, is it punitive, okay, or is it um, corrective? And when it comes to somebody being sick, and, and, and you're disciplining them, and you're saying that, well, you know, you're sick too much, but there is an illness, then, then there is no corrective discipline there. Um, it's, it's all punitive, and it isn't even about you. It's not even about the one person who's sick. It's about everybody else looking on. And saying, well, shit, I better get my bleeding lungs into work because, you know, they're going to discipline me. I'll just, like, cough blood all over the windshield and drive this thing down the road. Um, you know, this is, this is absolutely outrageous, but it's always the first thing that I would throw in their face. I mean, besides, like, an excessive penalty up front would be that, you know, this looks punitive. And then we would argue that point. Tell me how this is corrective. And a lot of times you get them to back down simply on that because, because that, that was always our agreement up front. If you can't prove to me that this thing is corrective and that it's punitive or, or, or it serves another purpose other than, uh, you know, the, 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 propers, the smooth operation of the authority based on fairness, then, you know, we're going we're gonna to go to war over this. There's never going to be a deal and we're going all the way. Uh, MTA bus, uh, we have, uh, we have uh, our own um, labor relations uh, director. <coughs> who um, he, he is evil incarnate. Who's that? Uh, that would be um, uh, Finnegan. 
The man is evil. Let me tell you how he really is. Wait, oh, this wow. guy's skin falls off himself. When he's just sitting there, his skin <laughs> falls off. You, you ever watch like evil people on TV, like arch villains? And um, they always have some kind of weird physical thing. His physical thing is his skin falls off while you're talking to him. Yeah, the man is seriously physically ill. He has serious conditions. And his benchmark for attendance is, well, I came to an arbitration two days after open heart surgery. Why can't these assholes come to work and drive a bus? That is a quote. Now, to get to the, um, you want to, I have the MTA budget uh, plan for MTA bus company going forward from 16 to 19. And on page V273, it says control members, uh, measures. MTA bus is committing to controlling and reducing the overtime expenses as follows. Now, I'm gonna, this all relates to this attendance thing, but it says vacancies have been a major factor affecting overtime expenditures. To reduce this impact, aggressive hiring will be utilized, which I mentioned the hiring, mm -hmm. which might occasionally create overhiring in certain critical safety sensitive uh, I'm sorry, positions. To accommodate this aggressive hiring, training class sizes have also been increased. But this is where the attendance thing comes in. They don't want anybody to miss work. Employee availability unit has been established to improve sick leave control and other sick leave components such as workers' comp, FMLA abuse, unemployment, disability claims, and medical fraud. In addition, management will continue to implement safety initiatives focused on reducing employee accidents and related injuries, uh, uh, related injury on-duty absences. Let me ask you something. This is in their budget. Their plan is they don't want you out sick. Let me ask you something. They rely on this to make budget. And this is specific to MTA bus company. This is their budget. Uh, this that, is their proposed plan going forward. That don't apply to the whole MTA though, right? No, I only pulled up the MTA bus part because I, I, I figured that would be uh, the part that would be under my purview. Oh. You heard uh, of that before, a, Joe? You heard of that before? No, first I'm hearing because about it. Because let, let me ask you something. What is FMLA abuse? Um, well, uh, they believe that, well, example given, let's say, listen, I'm taking, I have FMLA because uh, um, I have, a, my case, my lungs, I have a serious lung condition, and I may have to miss work for medical appointments, treatment, or illness. Okay. And I call in, listen, I'm using FMLA day. Um, and I turn around and I, uh, I don't know, go watch a movie. That's abuse because I'm not really taking that time off work, though I'm not compensated. I'm abusing that ability to miss work without discipline and in exercising my rights under that federal law. Another thing they consider abuse, now this is something they don't, uh, that doesn't, wouldn't appear to be abuse, is if you don't go ahead and give that notification under an hour. Let's say I get, and it's happened, gone ready for work. I go ahead, my wife gets me up, I have my coffee. Yes, I take baths, I don't take showers, I have my little rubber ducky, I take a nice hot bath in the morning so I'm ready for the day, nice and relaxed and limber, to go ahead and drive that bus. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, and um, <laughs> I get out of the tub, I dry off, I go ahead, put my Ralph Cramden hat on, my pressed <laughs> uniform that is old as I am, because the uniforms they issue us completely suck, and I wear uniforms that are old as I am, that are still good, okay, with the old M on it. And uh, I get ready to go to work, and I start having a coughing and fit. And I live in Yonkers. I live literally three miles from the depot. At 6.30 in the morning, I could be at the job. Uh, if I go a certain way, I could be in the job in five and a half minutes. Okay? No traffic. Side streets, all right turns, because right turn red is legal in Yonkers. I could be at the job in five minutes, but I leave myself 20 minutes to get there. And 21 minutes before my, my report time, 
I start into a coughing fit, and I start coughing blood all over the place. My wife's freaking out. She's saying, oh, i got to call an ambulance. And the first thing I'm telling her is, don't pick up that phone. i got to call the job. i got to put in for FMLA. This isn't good. See, that's crazy. That's I would, FMLA I, abuse I, because I failed to give appropriate notice. I went under that hour. I so they're going to issue me a failure. They're going to say it's FMLA abuse, and I'm looking at a Dan. I would have went to the depot and just cough We're blood all over their desk. If exactly. I make it to the depot. If I'm five minutes away. But if I make it to the depot. Tell my ambulance the, make the, the stop. Yeah, because <laughs> I got news for you. The time that I went into that coma, I had my brother drive me to the hospital because I was short of breath. I couldn't tie my shoes was how short of breath I was. I got into the emergency room. I was there a few hours. They did a CAT scan. They did an x-ray. And everything was fine. And I finally got a room. Eh, they finally got me a room, I would say, almost four hours later. My condition hadn't deteriorated enough to think that I'd be in a coma. As soon as they rolled me into that room, from the elevator to that room that would be to the, you know, the exit of this studio outside, I went from pulse ox of you know, 78 to 40 and going into respiratory arrest in under five minutes. And that short distance, that's how quick it deteriorated. So if I jump in my excursion, my 9,000-pound truck, and I go ahead and start having a coughing fit, and I do fail, and I pass one school, and I decide, I end up going unconscious, taking out kids, just to please the job, that should never be an issue. Pleasing the job shouldn't be a part of your health care plan, especially in a life and death situation. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I, I got a Google. I have to Google FMLA abuse yeah. because I take FMLA for my son. This is now, an arbitrary MTA term. A lot of things the MTA comes up with may not be what the law is yeah, but written. I would, but I would, they I would, their... I would sue them. Exactly. That's, that's the bottom line. That's the federal because, law. Yeah. How are they changing they, they, it in-house? And we, and just, just like they do anything else. No, they, but that's <laughs> the thing. That's the problem. People go for that. The, the, no part of the MTA literature or narrative should undermine the law Agreed. In, in, in any form. Because I take FMLA for my son. Don't think because I take the day that I'm going to be there with my son. I may want to take my son during my work hours for a walk around the park. I'm going to take FMLA. That's bonding time with my son. I got news for you. How are they going to construe that FMLA abuse? How are they going to find out? Well, I got news for you. I, um, as, as I am, uh, long story short, last uh, September... I had, I had a lung biopsy, and that's how I got the diagnosis of my terminal illness. Um, I had to recover from that biopsy. It wasn't a lot of fun, um, but I eventually got well enough to drive my wife to work, but not, an, not well enough to drive her from work within Yonkers. My wife doesn't drive. Uh, she, you know, she doesn't have a driver's license, and uh, so to save some money considering that I was going to be uh, out of work from September 23rd to at least uh, January 20th, I was told, between recovery and eventually I got the diagnosis. Uh, but uh, what happens is, is um, how do they find out? Well, I called the job because I, I, uh, I try to do the right thing so they, don't, they can't get me on something. Not because I respect what they do. I think they're dead wrong. But let's play their game their way. I'll be patient. Let's, I'll follow their rules that they decide to arbitrarily implement. And um, I called the GS uh, support at my depot. I said, listen, I just got the, because uh, they give you, if I remember correctly, I think it's a 30, 90, 120, and coming up a one-year letter about your absenteeism. And I called up. I said, listen, I'm going to send that card back to you, but I also have an update of diagnosis and a letter from my doctor. So I will be, it looks like that, this is, is going to be long-term. It's actually going to be permanent. And uh, 
So I call him, and he was kind enough uh, to give me a heads up. And I'm thinking, he's like, listen, uh, don't hang out at your wife's restaurant so much. My wife's a waitress. I said, uh, I'm sorry, I, I, don't understand what you, I, I, don't, I don't understand what you mean. I just don't hang out there so much. I said, listen, I, I, I don't hang out there. I bring my wife to work. I just drop her off. Uh, you know, instead of her taking a cab, a uh, bus doesn't go past there. She'd have to get off the bus and walk half the way. I said, I, I, said, uh, I, don't, I don't get it. He says, oh, you're just dropping her off? That's all right. Just uh, heads up, you know, just don't hang out at the job so much. How does a GS support know what my movements in the course of my day are from an office that he doesn't leave during the day to do his support services duties? How does he know? Because they're following us. They're following, yeah. Okay? They're following us. They're able to go ahead and talk about saving money in a financial overview. Okay? Based on FMLA abuse, sick abuse, medical, you know, medical fraud. Okay? That means you know, that I, they have an inspector general's office, the MTA. And little do they know, these inspectors, first of all, it's a public authority's law that empowers them. But most of them are retired police and retain peace officer status. They're cops. They're given a nice gold shiny badge, an unmarked car to follow you around to see if you're sick. In my case, I'm dying. I'm a dead man in four years. I got a diagnosis of, listen, in your case, you're looking at two and a half to five years to live. That was last year. I've already had a blood transfusion this year. I already put in for Social Security and received it. Total permanent disablement. And mind you, got that very quickly because I only applied in March. I got it in July. Why? Because it's called compassion allowance because I'm terminally ill. I don't, I'm not going to go through the 18-month average process of Social Security. And got that. Go and turn this into the job, and these people are following me? That's crazy. They're that's following crazy. me. See, that's what I tell you. Today. And they pay. Pe that, that, these guys are getting paid. How? What? What would? What would behoove somebody to retire from the police force after twenty or so years? What would behoove them to do it, and start a second career, unless it was worth the money? And if it's worth the money, that means they're getting paid pretty good to follow my fat ass around, to see if I come out of my uh, you know groundhog's hole. Yeah. So yeah. they so they treat they treat FMLA. Um, almost like workers' comp for oh, people absolutely. for people who abuse workers' comp. Right. Absolutely. Now, they will discipline. I was for followed it. on comp. Well, I, I know Everybody a person is. was followed on FMLA. I called the police. I was like, someone's following me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you should do. Exactly. That's what you should do. Because I picked my son up from school, and I'm like, yo, why is somebody following me? Uh -huh. And we went to the pizza shop, and they pulled. I was like, no, this is not right. And I called 911. Okay. See now, my FMLA is different because I'm not hurt or injured. I'm not trying to scam them. Mine's is for baby bonding for my son. Well, right, yours is family. Yeah, and it you know? and it and it don't. It's not even. It's different from family because it's not like I have to take him to the hospital. It's if I want to be home with my son. Right, it's covered. So the question is, what are they going to consider? What you consider bonding? Will the IG's office or sick control consider it? That's not bonding. I think that's eating. But let me ask you something. When you when you on personal FMLA for yourself, you have to use your sick time, correct? But they we don't, don't have sick time. MTA bus, we don't have oh, yeah, sick but, time. But with us, we got to use sick time. With right? us, we got to use sick time. See, yeah. with me, I can't use sick time. I could use everything but sick time. That, that, the way I understand the law is written that you're not forced to use sick time. 
No, I can't. I oh. can't even use right because it's it's not for you. Yeah, it's, it's not for me. Right. I have to use uh like AVA or vacation or anything. Right, they'll let you exhaust that first, or um, or even disability. Like in my case, I put in FMLA to keep me from being disciplined because an arbitration award occurred. I want to say 2010 that being on disability, state paid disability, is considered bad time. So they can discipline you for being disabled, and they have. That's happened to me more than once. So what do we got? Put in for FMLA, but then I'm gonna have to use, our formula for disability is different. Uh, in Yonkers, we get uh, half pay, or equivalent to 20 hours a week for um, being on disability, excuse that. Um, well, we, um, up to 60 days, that's when you start the job, you're given 60 half days. So it's like in 20 hours a week on top of the state paid money, which you're allowed for 26 weeks. Okay. Well, once you exhaust that half time and now, you know, it's like, but wait a minute, I'm getting, you know, state sponsored money. That's, you know, there's disability insurance, like workers comp insurance. And it's required for an employer to carry that. How, how can you discipline me and call it bad time? If you fit the criteria that the state has set forward. Now this, this, now, this is crazy, man. It is, it is crazy. You know, what I'd like to know is for TA and OA, when we go out on, well, if a member goes out on disability from TA or OA, you have to go before the NICES board. Who do you go before to get approved for, who, who does MTA bus have to go to, to to get approved for retirement disability? Um, nobody. Uh, in my case, Social Security award letter, submit that to uh, scan that off or mail it to um, Defined Benefits at 2 Broadway. Uh, if you meet the criteria, which is 10 years for vestment, and you get 10 years at one, um, 105, which is now supposedly 130, which is I never finished answering your question about that award, that uh, right. wonderful victory. In my case, I will not see 130, okay? When Samuelson and his uh, crew uh, disjointed the pension part from the rest of the process, the parity, the pay and everything, that, led, that went to an arbitration. Now, the arbitrator now looks at this and they said, oh, there was feet dragging, all this talk. But what you did is that now you took away the fact that this is being covering a period from 2012 to 2017. The award is very specific. Anybody who retired uh, before November 9th of 2015 is going to get 105. Oh, Even so. though this is supposed that 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 whole negotiation, they call it a negotiation, covers 2012 to 17. If a guy retired on November 8th, 2015, he's getting 105. He will not see 130. He or she will not see 130. Okay, now this has a larger aspect that I'll get into a minute. I've plowed through it, and I'm sorry if it seems a bit rushed. Uh, um, now, anybody from November 9th to November 17th of this year, November 9th of last year, November 17th of this year, date of the award, will get 115. Well, where does this 115 come from? 115 is not an arbitrary number. 115 is the number that was left on the table when Samuelson decided to disjoint the goddamn pension part of that contract. The arbitrator is looking at evidence that's put before him, and he's going to rule, and did so, that he saw that, well, you had 115 if you had signed that day. So the period between asking for this arbitration and my award will be 115 because that's what you would have gone at the table. So 
somebody like me, I applied for Social Security in March. When I got the award, that means as of April 1st, I am a disabled American, permanently totally disabled American, which means that my retirement is going to be as of April 1st. I haven't seen one goddamn check. I'm told I might see one in January, okay? So that means I'm getting 115. I haven't seen a check. And what is today? Look at that. Today is December the 9th, 9th yeah. of December. Wow. Then they say we heard something that it takes about eight months or some craziness like that. It's right? not supposed to. Well, in NICERS, that's what they were saying, that it's a delay in the... To in calculate. The, to, it's a delay to calculate. You know, they need time to calculate the whole thing and get it right. Right. That's what the excuse I got from defined benefits, except for one thing. This is another thing that happened. So I, this actually all goes together about how much of a raw deal MTA bus gets. I started in September of 2004 with Liberty Lines. Liberty Lines contract is you have a 90-day probationary period. You don't pay into the pension for 90 days. Not one year, 90 days. Okay, from the time that you're on own. All right, and Liberty Lines Transit, where I started, I got forced to express right before the takeover. There was a general pick. I went over to express for five days, and they put a Pac-Man on me, okay? What happens is, is that, well... I have a 90-day probationary period. Uh, Liberty Lines Transit was an eight-week training period, okay? Eight weeks you're trained there. Most transit agencies throughout this country that are large agencies train you between six and eight weeks. Academy was approximately four weeks based on the waiting time for a New York State uh, uh, road test. Road test if yeah. it was longer, they just kept training you, okay? If it was a little sh shorter, then they don't want to put you on your own. You might have your license, but they'll keep training you, Okay? Go through that. I graduate in six weeks. Why? Because I'm a bus nerd. I'm an enthusiast. Okay? So I got out of training two weeks early because I could tell them how to fix the bus, let alone drive it. Okay? Right. Told them how the manufacturing process. Yeah. So they recognized that in Liberty Lines. And I was on own two weeks early. The MTA takes over on January 3rd, 2005. Sign these papers. Your pension's going into defined benefits. This is your health coverage. It won't be Cigna. It'll be GHI at this point. You'll get a card in the mail. All these wonderful things. Except they didn't tell people, and I'm sure that this was something that wasn't told to any union administration. This is where my calculation got, in, got screwed up. And this is what members at any of the private companies that were with the private company prior to the takeover need to know. Something that I don't, I believe that'll be the first time anybody here hears this. Probably anybody besides uh, four people I've spoke to about it. I got told by Defined Benefits, uh, listen, you're missing time in 2005. In fact, you didn't start paying into a pension until October of 2005. And I said, I'm sorry, I don't understand how that works. Um, well, you were on probation. Was it possibly you're on probation? I said, it can't be. Uh, January 3rd was the takeover, 90-day probationary period. I was on own... Uh, in November, second week of November, so my probation would have ended in February. Why am I not paying a pension in October? So I go on to the BSC, and I look at a disciplinary incident. Uh, I took one for the team. I cut off Peter Calicos uh, back in 2005 on my birthday working a double, okay, on Fifth Avenue. Uh, he was riding the bumper of my bus in the bus lane, trying to get through traffic. I'm working a double on my birthday. In the private lines and Liberty lines, you had the day off automatically for your birthday. You can choose to work, and they'll give you an extra birthday, your personal day, at run pay, not eight hours. That was lost in the first 2006 to 9 oh. arbitration, by the way. We still have that. Yeah, we lost that. 
So, anyways, I'm working a double because they're shorthanded, and I'm going to be a good guy. You know, put on my Ralph Cramden hat on my birthday and go drive <laughs> drive a bus that's old. You know, that's you know 20 years old. You know, and uh, go ahead. I a local stops in front of me. I believe it was an M4. I look left, get out of the bus lane. I catch the light. I stop the bus. I look behind me. I almost got rear-ended by a town car. Well, I found out that uh, when I got back to the garage, that was Peter Calico's uh, MTA police driver with Calico in the back. <laughs> so they went and put me before a discipline. Now, mind you, well, if that's the case, I should've been, that should have been, been it for me if I'm on probation, right? Mm-hmm. No, I get a one day on paper, Calico's an asshole, go with God's son. That's what I got out of that. One day on paper, don't worry, it's going to disappear. So I look and I see probationer. How am I on probation on June 9, 2005, on my birthday, when I started the job in September, I was on my own in November. Then I find out that anybody who came with the takeover, it was assumed by defined benefits that everybody has a one-year probation, just like everybody else at TA and OA. We don't. We still have an existing contract that says it's 90 days. No MOUs were signed. Mm, right. In fact, those MOUs don't mention that employees are ready, incumbent employees would have to now go to extension up to that one year. There was no mention of it because it's not there. And this was somehow done. Nobody knew about it. So now I had to explain. I said, well, wait a minute. I know what happened here. You guys say I'm on probation. Of course I didn't pay into the pension. That's not my fault. Okay, well, we have to calculate. I said, well, between the first phone call I got from my chairman and uh, me calling you at 2 Broadway, at the pension department, I wasn't able to take my pay stubs because I have all my pay stubs. I have my first pay stub. I have all of them in between since I've been working at since age 17. I was able to calculate what I, what I should be getting a month. <laughs> should have dropped that shit on a desk. Exactly. <laughs> With right. a calculator. With a calculator, exactly. <laughs> you know, I said I was able to calculate that. I was able to figure it out. I could also figure out how many times I've been absent, including the four months I was in a coma, including the four and a half months with the last time I was in the hospital, including the month and a half the first time I went into the hospital, including uh, my appendicitis where I was out seven weeks. I was able to calculate. It turns out I was able to calculate within $20, okay, how much I have to pay back to the pension and what I should be getting for that bad, for that bad time. Wow. Okay? I still don't have a pension yet. In fact, I didn't get the paperwork sent to me until I made a phone call on November 4th, threatening legal action. I got papers on November 7th, dated November 4th to fill out. I did what they wanted. I went ahead, paste, I got a stub, you know, I got my check, I'm sorry, canceled check, void, you know. I went ahead and um, put it express mail with delivery confirmation, just in case they said they lost it. Mm -hmm. Because it only took from August to now November to even get paperwork. All right, but we don't have to go before a board, and like I said, I still don't have a check, and I don't have health coverage because they administratively terminated me while putting in. Has anybody ever been t- administratively terminated for that? For an MTA bus, we have this one-year period. You're out a year. You're administratively terminated after you put in for your pension, after you send this stuff in, that they can terminate you. I don't have health coverage. I got to pay for my oxygen tanks. You ever think about going to the media? Yeah, I, I, I'm going on this show to expose all this stuff before I uh, kick the bucket because there's, there's a lot here to expose um, in terms of how the MTA loves to spend New York City's money. We, we got to have you on another show. Because uh, I'll give you a quick example. Um, you saw those decrepit buses at LaGuardia in 2012, right? Old RTSs. I personally love them. But the fact is, a 1996 RTS in service in 2016 says the bus is a Tonka truck, but at the same time, 
it also says, what are you going to do about these old-ass buses plying the roads? Well, they're from New York City Transit. They're not MTA bus, former private-lined buses. MTA bus, is, and, and it's mentioned in this budget, is going to get $676.5 million, okay, for the fiscal year 2016-2017 for reimbursement of operating expense and labor costs, okay? MTA bus is 100% subsidized by the New York City Department of Transportation, 100%. That bus could be empty. MTA is getting paid for it. All right? Well, what does that mean? Well, this is where it gets interesting. Prior to the takeover, uh, the Bronx Express buses only used the Triborough Bridge. Now, what does this got to do with anything? Oh, it's going to go somewhere deep. Get ready to go down a real deep rabbit hole, kids. Um, only use it during rush hour with instruction because there's a toll. When MTA bus took over, they put every single bus over the Triborough Bridge, deadheading, in service, routes that never went over that bridge. And guess what? MTA bus pays a toll per axle, just like any other vehicle that uses that Triborough Bridge as a commercial vehicle. Every single MTA bus in the system, not just the Bronx, has an easy pass in it. MTA bus pays TBTA, a tag fee, for that plastic tag, just like everybody else here. It has easy pass. And the bus will never cross a bridge that requires it. New York City Transit, TA, and 08, all the buses don't have Easy Pass. Mm. Why? Because it costs savings. Why are you going to put an Easy Pass in a bus that's never going to go anywhere? If a shifter has to bring a bus to a vendor, they give them an Easy Pass on a, on a metal, you know, one of the metal um, lo uh, cable locks. Here you go. <laughs> okay? You know, it's a pool pass. Mm -hmm. Every single MTA bus got a pass in their window. $25 per bus. Even if it never will ever use it. Okay? When they do use it, they're paying TBTA, and that money is getting paid by the city of New York. They're taking money from New York City to operate service to fund TBTA. And the same thing happens with these old buses. These buses are no longer valuable. And I put that in air quotes. Because 12 years is what the FTA requires a bus to last, the Federal Transportation Administration. Bus hits 12 years old. It can be, you can get rid of it. You should replace it. We'll give you money to replace it. And they do. And New York City Transit says, hey, I got an idea. I just come up with something very amazing. MTA bus needs buses. Let's give those buses to them. Except they're not giving it. They're leasing it. Anywhere between three dollars and $5,000 a month per bus. Hmm. For a 20-year-old bus. Okay? My depot... Is an express operation. We're getting buses uh, that are um, 2003s. We have two of them um, right now. Those buses aren't free. Those buses were replaced over on the TAOA side by a Prevost, on the TA side specifically, okay, by a Prevost, brand new Prevost that the federal government said, here's your FTA money for. And yet, they're going to charge MTA bus per month to have that old bus that won't fetch $5,000. It's an MCI. At an auction, when they go to get rid of it, they're not going to get $5,000 from a scrapper. But that bus is worth five grand a month to um, New York City Transit. Wow, that's a lot of waste. Waste? That's embezzlement. Now, that's awful. That's it. Okay, it gets yeah. even better. Prior to um, our, us being uh, medically assessed at MAC, MTA bus was paying... Um, Metro North vendor, I believe CHD Meridian is the, was the name. Uh, that's where we did our 19A medicals. That's where we went uh, for fitness for duty exams, for uh, you know, urinalysis, anything that involved medical from the job. We used to have to go to the Gray Bar building 
for the Bronx side, the Queens guys went out to JFK Airport. That was a contract with a vendor that was being paid to do another agency. Okay? They build MTA bus for that because that money's going to come from the city council. Well, guess what? Up until we got the full transportation pass, because our cards didn't allow us to use subways or New York City TAOA buses, okay? It only worked on MTA bus. They used to have to give us a metro card to go to the MAC. If, you, if they couldn't provide you with the ride, okay, they could give you a metro card that you had to sign for and state if you used it or not to um. go to MAC. Why? Because if it got used, then guess what? TAOA got paid for that card. Uh, well, you know, MTA New York City Transit. And every visit gets paid by MTA bus for using that TA facility, that MAC. And they turn around and say, yeah, that guy over there, you know, the one in uh, City Hall? Yeah, that asshole's going to pay for it. That's what they're doing. This whole takeover, at the time of the takeover, they estimated that the subsidy in 2004-2005 fiscal year was between 133 and 138 million. Mayor Bloomberg swore up and down that this is going to save money. Subsidy this year is $676.5 million. That's over half a billion dollars to run a system that has now less service has still 20-year-old buses, okay, 14, admittedly, the MTA says 14%, okay, maintenance of fleet, says that 14% of the bus fleet is past its useful life of 12 years old. Well, how did that happen? I thought that was the problem at the private lines. I thought you brought all new buses. Because MTA New York City Transit diverts some of those buses or diverts a whole order that the city paid for. That's like me saying, listen, uh, Tremel. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pay you for a 2015 Suburban. Here's the money. Whatever the cost is, 40, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm wrong. If you get all the trimmings, it's, I think it's uh, 60, uh, 67 grand if you want everything in it, you know, leather seats. I'm going to pay you that. I'm going to give that 67 grand, right? And you have a 2004 excursion, right? You buy that 2015 and you hand it to Jamel. You hand him my truck that I paid for and you hand me a 2004 and say that's fair. That's what they're doing. That's great. I, you know, I'm still caught up in, um, you know, your whole situation, your personal situation. Oh, mm -hmm. And and at what point do Samuelson step in and say this is a job for him? Uh, I think me going on this show ended that shit. No, I'm, I'm just saying, though, like with, with, with all the issues that you have, you have encountered, at what point does it, it lands on his desk and he like we got we have to fight for this guy? You understand what I'm saying? Uh, all I could say is my depot chairman, my vice chair, have done everything. They've gone through hell and back with me over these years, okay? And uh, they're doing all they can because they're not getting help from down there. And they're not going to say that's the case, but the writing's on the wall. And they've done everything they can to help me. No, that's the case. Oh, I know it's the case, but they, they, they you know, they can't the say that. I mean, who, I mean, I could observe that, but I mean, if, if they are asked, they, they won't be able to say that because we know how vindictive uh, the Samuelson administration can be. Are you kidding me? You think nobody knows in the Samuelson administration that you got the fat guy in Yonkers with the Ralph Crandon hat is about to kick the bucket, you know, the asshole that owns his own bus? You think that they don't know that? I've met Samuelson. I've spoke to him. This man was so, again, to your, with your election, this man came to Yonkers and knew he was getting reelected. He was just going through the goddamn motions. 
I mean, I might as well had a stroke victim in front of me answering questions. He's doing the same thing with the contract. He just going through the motions. Exactly. And, you know, it's like to piggyback off of what Tramel just said, it's like, when do they step in, Joe, and actually hash out a contract contract for them? Because, see, that, you know, just like he said, a lot of these things are agreements and just MOUs, just, you know, agreement, <clears throat> handshake agreements, but actually hash out a contract that they can have with the MTA, just like what they had with the old companies. Because even with us, the TAOA, let's keep it real, all, all of these things are just agreements. They're not actual contracts. They haven't handed out a contract since the 70s. Everything is, everything well, is MOU. It, it's, it, everything is right. All well, this yeah, stuff is MOU. Because they have the base of it. I mean, it's like, you know, everybody, uh, if every car maker knows the general purpose of a car. It's just what body you put on it. Right. But Except the, for when you go ahead and you have all the separate companies. That's like uh, one place was making a motorcycle. This one's making a boat. That one's making an airplane. That one's making a car. And then you're somehow putting, you know, it's like building a train and says, I got an idea. We're going to take those train wheels and we're going to put them under a bus and call it a fucking train. <laughs> right. And that's what they've done. I'm, right. sorry, I'm sorry to use such language, but yeah, that's, no, a, no, no. That's, okay. that's a fact. Yeah, but see. Uh, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off from that question. There's no way you can ever get a contract at MTA bus until you address the serious problems at MTA bus. I work in a small depot. Okay? Very small depot. Yonkers turns out 68 buses on the peak. I'm sorry, 77 buses on a peak. Okay? Very small depot. Mm-hmm. We had an AGM who was a degenerate alcoholic. We have a general <laughs> superintendent of transportation who's a two-time loser, okay, for getting hit on randoms for cocaine and opiates, for painkillers. Um. And these are the people that are making our decisions. We got a yard dispatcher who's intoxicated and getting, pe- you know, getting people, uh, trying to get people fired because supposedly they struck her with a bus and the bus was 1,500 feet from her, okay? <laughs> wasn't even in the depot. And she goes ahead and they, and they get Piccarelli's office, who's the security, you know, safety and security to investigate this, this stuff. And somebody's in the street behind what she said and the woman's intoxicated. And she's been intoxicated. The, I know the woman personally. She takes a nip before she walks in the job. <laughs> and she's handing out buses. She's the one who's handing you a bus with no seatbelt. She's the one who's telling you, listen, if you don't take that bus, I'm going to issue a violation for disruption of service. Okay? Then we go into the shop, and it's like, well, how did that bus get turned down in the first place? Because the maintenance guys, and I, I mean, I don't know if there's anybody in progressive action or who listens to this show who's a maintenance person. Go ahead. and you, The MTA is so, you know, concerned about safety. They talk about safety. Okay? And all they do is try to make service by any means necessary, and that does not include safety. That's all right. You got, uh, best example, you had Neil Winberry is driving a bus down Queens Boulevard, and the goddamn wheel goes flying off the tag axle. How does that happen? How could that happen? An MTA bus. You know, everything's safe and better. It's better because maniac Megalomac Mike, the mayor, said so when he had this takeover happen. How did this happen? Well, it turns out that they rely on... Jobs taking less time. They impose these on those MOUs. A break reline is going to take eight hours. They impose these things. They pressurize these people to falsify that information that goes into that line supervisor's pinball. They go ahead and say, hey, listen, somebody in College Point, some, some superintendent, AGS, GS, somebody said, hey, I got a good idea. Next time you do a re- tag axle reline or change a tire, skip greasing the bearings. Don't worry about it. So, so six weeks later, the bus never got, you're supposed to, the, the axle manufacturer says, you know, there's a schedule for what you got to do to this, the maintenance, you know, preventive maintenance. 
And Neil Winberry is going back to the garage, you know, and thinks his day is over, and damn wheel goes flying past him and almost takes out a guy walking out of the store. Wow. So the, if y'all do a 19A on the bus and it's not up to par, you guys get penalized for not pulling it out? Oh, they'll, they'll threaten us, yeah. They'll tell us, I'm gonna give you, you're not taking that bus out? Nope. Violation for disruption of service. Even if you. you're writing it up that this bus does not have a seatbelt, I'm that, not taking yeah. it out. I got told it didn't have a seatbelt when I was walking up to it. I'll tell you the bus. It was 3356. I know the number. <laughs> and, so and I still let, remember it from, let's, from, let's, from almost eight years ago. And let's not forget that pre-trip inspection is the law. It's the law. Yeah. Well, it's about it's, look, time went by fast. Yeah. <laughs> time went by fast. You got to come back. I didn't get into half of this. That's what I'm saying. No, you no, no. Come no. Back, you got to come back. Oh, absolutely. So, so, so absolutely. In, a, in, a, in a few After weeks. Year. Yeah, in a few weeks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just let me know. I, I mean, if I'm still alive and kicking. And you will the, be. You will the be. The IG no, hasn't I, kicked my door down. No, you, you will, will be. be yeah. But leave the people with a final word. We got to let him do the final word. Just leave the people with a final word for, t uh, for today. Yeah, that's what we normally do on the show. Yeah. I, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> um, well, while he's thinking, I'm going uh, it's to... It's going to sound um, mean. Screwed. <laughs> I'm going to um, take this time to thank everyone who donated to the Progressive Action Toy Drive. Um, we went and purchased toys today. And on um, Sunday, December 18th, we will be distributing toys into the community. And we need you guys' assistance. While that is going on, we're still collecting coats. Um, with Joe, we're also going to put that up on the page for you guys to like, let us know where we can meet you because it's only two, three, four of us. We're not running all around town. So we need your assistance and get in the coats over to Joe down in Brooklyn. Um, so thank everyone and happy holidays. That's the show for today. We will be back. This was a good show. Yeah, I learned a lot real, about MTA bus. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to learn show. some more. Joe, I want you to come back to this one too. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm back. All right. We'll catch y'all later. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. Later, good night. everyone.